Hello and welcome to Mr. Free Talk Radio Podcast with your hosts, Theo Free and Nikki Henderson. Join in the conversation as everyday people talk about everyday life. Now turn your listening device up because we are going live. Welcome to The Experience, the Mr. Free Talk Radio Podcast. Our purpose is to create a space for real talk with everyday people who live everyday lives. We are excited about you joining us. You can find our podcast on many platforms including Anchor, Apple Podcast, Buzzsprout, Google Podcast, Radio Public, Stitcher, and Altail. You can look forward to an exciting series of topics as we feature guests who are everyday people with the knowledge to share information that will be impactful to the lives of all listeners. Today we have a first time guest with us. His name is Christopher Kelly. And he is on the show today to talk about co-parenting along with Nikki Henderson, Nikki. Nikki is an accomplished author. She has three books. Her most recent book from 2020, yes, in the local pandemic, she released the book and it's called My Greatest Blessings, Memoirs of a Single Mom. And uh, just so our listeners know, Chris, why don't you introduce yourself? Sure thing. Thank you very much. I am uh, Chris Kelly. I am the uh, ex-husband of uh, Nicole Henderson. Uh, we have two children, Joshua and Jeremiah Kelly. Um, <clears throat> I am a former uh, U.S. military veteran. Uh, well, a U.S. veteran, I should say, U.S. military veteran. And um, I've worked with Nicole uh, for some for some time. We worked at the same organization, and um, we used to do radio together ourselves when we were when we were married. Um, one of the radio stations we used to have was WKMB 1070 Harvest Radio. That's out in New Jersey. And we conducted a radio station every Sunday, uh, focused on the family. Um, it's a great time. Uh, thoroughly enjoyed it. I look forward to this segment. Uh, a little bit about myself. Um, have a lot of uh, extensive leadership background. Um, seminary graduate, college graduate. Uh, don't have the books like Nicole, but I am working on that. <laughs> but um, just a lover of God, and uh, I love my boys. Her greatest blessings, and that's what we're here to talk about today. That's an awesome introduction. And, um, and before we go any further, I'd like to thank you for your service, of course. Thank you, sir. Uh, as a veteran of the U.S. Army. Uh, but before we jump in, uh, Nick, read us a passage from that uh, co-parenting section of your yeah, so thanks, Theo, and I'm so excited about today. It's been, um, this is a huge part of why I wrote this book, was not just to talk about my journey as a single parent, but to talk about co-parenting, to talk about all the aspects that come with it, you know, education, walking through the journey, and a, a huge part of my journey involves Chris, who's here with me today, and I want to thank him in advance for appeasing me with his presence in the podcast. Um, excited about what we'll talk about today. And it's very important. And certainly in my book, I'm very transparent about how I walk through this. 
but I want to share from my chapter called The Enterprise of Co-Parenting. And, you know, I say that we use the term co-parent to, to refer to the joint effort of two parents. And I was intrigued by Wikipedia's definition of co-parent that defines it as an enterprise undertaken by two or more adults who together take on the socialization, care, and upbringing of children for whom they are responsible. And I, I remember reading that definition. I don't know who came up with it, but it was like, wow, this enterprise is important. And the word enterprise struck me because we should see it that way. It requires strategic focus and energy to make sure it's successful. Now, when you're a single parent, it can feel lopsided as you balance the weight of the day-to-day. -day. You gotta get ready for breakfast, you get them off to school, you got dinner when they get home, you tuck them in at night. Much of their well-being is my responsibility. However, I've learned that allowing the other parent, Chris, to be a part when possible, it helps me to balance out the load. My situation has tra transformed tremendously over the years, and I'm proud of how Joshua and Jeremiah's dad, Chris, and I co-parent. It took time to grow it and develop those critical boundaries. When they were younger, I didn't realize how much they would need a male figure. And even though my father was around for me, there was this light that lit up in their eyes when their daddy arrived that let me know that they needed him. And I promised myself that I would not allow that light to go out in their eyes for their dad. He's an upstanding, God-fearing man, veteran to our country, stems from a great family, and embodies great morals. And lastly, why would I take that opportunity away from my young men to embrace those characteristics about their father? And I use the word, you know, that co-parenting can be treacherous, one of the most treacherous areas because it is not easy, it's not perfect, but we've been doing this now, co-parenting for over 13 years. And I'm, I'm proud of the journey that we've been on, albeit not perfect. So that's my book excerpt. Thank you, Nicole. Uh, I'm gonna just dive right in with a tough question to begin with. Uh, um, back in all your chapters of your book, you, 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 you recall that situation where you was in the car with your mom heading over to New Jersey, and you look back and you look at um, your young son in the back seat, and you had this thought about it's going to come a time when you're going to be doing this all all alone. So tell me, when did you guys? finally decide that we're going to become co-parent? I think, you know, it was really over time. You know, it doesn't happen overnight. Um, and now that we're on the opposite end of it, we can look into it. And I'll let Chris talk about how we've sat down and really looked back at where we could have done things differently. But I would say probably about the 10th year in after just a lot of turmoil in our marriage, at that point, we made a decision. Um, and we, but out of that, we decided that we were still gonna do this thing. We were still going to be there for Joshua and Jeremiah. Not an easy decision. 
Um, still not easy. All these years later, I'm sure Chris can attest to that. And so um, I'll let him chime in just kind of how we how we got there. When we yeah, I don't think it was an actual. Um, <clears throat> I just think it evolved, um, Theo. Um, to, to put an actual date on it, I, I don't know when we started that, this whole co-parenting process. Um, the, the, the actual date, I guess, would be when Joshua was born. But um, we, um, yeah, it wasn't easy in the beginning, I will say that. And um, a lot of back and forth. But I think as we matured, uh, one matured spiritually and then matured ourselves, naturally, we decided um, what's best for the children. And when Jeremiah was born, we really had to focus on, okay, we have to do this thing together as parents to make sure that we raise these boys in the society, that they'll be, they'll have a good head start, that they'll be successful instead of um, just allowing them to be a statistic or not allowing me to be in their lives. Uh, one of the things that I focused on, regardless of whatever situation that Nicole and I was going through, I was going to be there for my boys, regardless. Um, my father was always there for me. I come from a, a product of a marriage that lasted well until my mother passed away. And um, so that's all that I always saw. I didn't, I never believed in divorce, um, never believed in separation. And the father was always there. I have seven brothers, so I always grew up around men. And I wanted to make sure that my boys, although our marriage didn't um, fulfill, uh, we didn't fulfill the commitment in our marriage, uh, I wanted to make sure that we as parents fulfilled that commitment to our children. From your background, growing up around men, Chris, and, and uh, this question is for you, really. Um, what examples are you right now setting for your boys so that it doesn't become a family tradition of divorce or single parent household because um, statistics show that you know uh, it tends to repeat itself down the line. So um, I know it's a tough question right off the bat. example are you setting there right now so that you don't the kids don't repeat this same situation or they could recognize it early and they could um, right. before it becomes to um, a divorce. Well, I, I think the, the, the main thing, um, you, you got to have God in the middle of all of that, in the midst of it, um, because you have to have those tough communications uh, amongst yourselves. Uh, one of the things that I do with uh, Joshua and Jeremiah is I focus on the communicating aspect with them. I talk to them about several things. I talk to them about um, when me and Nicole was separating and when we were moving and different things of that nature, I wanted to understand, I wanted them to understand that although we were not together, that um, daddy would always be here for you. Your mother will always be here for you. And I also spoke to them about divorce in general. Um, yes, that is a statistic that will continue to carry. I believe if it's not communicated or if it's not talked about in the beginning, in the forefront, and talking to the kids about it, uh, allowing them to see that it was, you know, this is not how every marriage is. This is not how every marriage should end up. And focusing on the good things about the marriage, uh, not so much the negative, 
but focus on the good things. And then again, going back to that aspect of keeping God first in the midst of it. Um, one of the downfalls I would say in our marriage was um, in my wilderness stage, I didn't um, keep my commitment to God. And that's one of the reasons that we, um, we just, you know, this, our marriage separated, right? Um, but had I kept that uh, three-string cord, as the Bible say, I believe that we would have still been um, married to this day. Um, so, you know, that's something that you got to look at. The, you know, those are hard conversations. You got to have those conversations with the children and just be upfront with them and let them know, like, listen, although we're not together, um, but I still want to represent marriage. I still want to represent a family to you. Um, I, I am remarried now. Um, and, and so those are some of the things that I try to display now going forward, even with my sons, uh, with Joshua and Jeremiah and that, and that they see that, Yeah. All right. Good. Um, and, and what was, um, like, how was the transition in a co-parenting family? How, 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 how was the transition on the kids mostly? I think, I think the transition, uh, has always been good because even in our process, we never took away from them. And uh, I, re I recall the time Nicole and I, we even took the kids to Disney World um, in our divorce stage. Um, and, you know, we spent a, a week in Florida together, but we've always maintained that strong relationship with each other. Our families have always been there to support us, even in the midst of our downfall. The families have always been there praying for us, communicating with us, um, giving us good counsel. Um, and we've never separated from that. Um, and so that whole nucleus, that family nucleus has always been there from the, from the start. And it is still there to this day, which is uh, one of the reasons uh, Nicole and I are able to still co-parent so well and have a healthy relationship with the boys. Oh, that's good. Yeah, that's and good. I'll I'll say this still. I'm not going to say I never wanted to wring his neck, right? Like, <laughs> I was going to wring his neck before the podcast, okay? <laughs> and he'll tell the truth on that. Uh, but one thing, what I talk about in my book is that it's not about me. And I had to constantly remind myself that it wasn't about me, that it was about Joshua and Jeremiah. And we constantly remind ourselves that it's not about me. And of course, if Chris was a danger or he was not good for the boys or whatever, yes, you make that decision. You keep that. You guard your children. But if we're good for our children, I couldn't let my personal feelings invade their ability to bond with him. And I think that happens a lot in co-parenting situations, right? It's a personal I will tell anybody, I will drop those kids off so fast to Chris, he, his head will spin. His head will spin on the way out the door. Because when they're with him, I don't worry about a thing. And I need that sometimes. I need to not worry. You know what I'm saying? I guard right. my house all night. I guard them all day if I'm with them. And when they're with him, that's their nest. And I know that they're good. And then I can just be Nikki. For a minute and just find out what Nikki needs in that moment. So it's yes. been an interesting transition. 
Mm-hmm. And one good thing, Theo, and 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 definitely I did all that, Nicole. Um, my my former pastor when I was in New told me, he said, "Son, I, I don't care how old you are or how old those children become. Your duty on this earth is to make sure that you raise those boys right and that you take care of your wife." He's still calling Nicole my wife. Make sure that they're well taken care of. And and that was an obligation as a man that, that I always wanted to say. I wanted to step up to the plate. So regardless of whoever she was with or uh, whatever situation that we was in and the kids, we weren't all together, it was still my duty and obligation to make sure that they're well taken care of. Now, and I know Nicole, she has been very successful um, both um in the Christian dumb, in the kingdom, um, and also in the secular world. And so, you know, sometimes you look at them and you'd be like, okay, well, I don't have to do certain things. But just that aspect, just to know that I was there at times when she needed that break or when she wanted to drop the kids off or do something to that degree, being there, having time for those kids, helping those kids uh, raise them right, you know, being at the PTA meetings and things of that nature, and and then put in the little dollars or something, and I say a little because, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> putting the little dollars in her hand at times, you know, just to make sure that the kids have. <laughs> big dollar, give me big dollars. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> But that, has, but that has I'm been... not going to ask any question about dollar signs, okay? No, 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 don't, don't open that thing up. Leave yeah, that one yeah. but, but I do have this question, though. What, what, Nicole, and for you as well, Chris, what, what did you guys do individually and together to form this security blanket around the kids so they know that even though mommy and daddy are not together anymore, I still have a mommy and I still have a daddy. And the other thing is, how do you guys keep the kids from um what's the word i'm looking for from causing a rift between you guys say oh but mommy said it no but daddy said it oh what how are you guys handling that um situation um so as far as um how we keep that security blanket it's it's really just about being very clear with each other with my sons i made a choice um, through many of my years, younger, their younger years, I didn't date a lot. I didn't, you know, I've, I've not remarried. It's 13 years later. Um, and so, and that's not a good thing. So I'm not harping on it. I mean, it is good and it's not, but I had to really, I wasn't out shopping for a father for them. You know what I'm saying? Through those yeah, years, yeah, I let yeah. Chris be that for them. They had that is. bond. And he is that for them. And if anyone is in my life, they become a supplement and a blessing, right? They don't have to recreate fatherhood for them. They're very aware um, of who their dad is and and what they need. Now, my key, um, as far as not creating the risks, it's always, so Joshua and Jeremiah are really, because they will like Chris is the one that will ask questions. So what your mama doing? What you doing? Where you going? He's the question asker. I don't ask no questions about Chris, right? So, <laughs> so um, but Joshua and Jeremiah will drop a nugget here and there. So mommy, daddy uh, said, you know, 
and then I'll <laughs> plant it for another day. Um, and so I think because we don't riff, they don't look to to stir that between us. I think because okay, there's no. Actually, they want peace. They want us to be on one accord. I, when I'm not happy with Chris, they know that. They say, well, mommy's mad at daddy again. Um, and and so they, they can detect when I'm not 100% um, with him. And I'm a woman, so I'm never 100% with, with a man. In some shape or form. Yeah, and, yeah, and I, think, I think that's a big... I think that's a big thing uh, with co-parenting or joint custody. A lot of children go through um, that element where they're upset or they feel um, disappointed because one, they're not with daddy all the time or they're not with their mother all of the time or the two parents are always beefing between one another. And so as a child in the middle, they don't know how to, you know, well, I need to be with daddy. I'm going to be on daddy's side. Or I'm going to be on mommy's side. Now, we've never had that problem, but I do know, <laughs> I will say this, one of my sons, um, he's a daddy's boy. And now he's, <laughs> he's going to do whatever. He's going to play both sides of the fence. And That's he does that on top. <laughs> and, and, I, and I know he he's doing it, but I just laugh and I, you know, he doesn't think, you know, I was a kid too, so. Kids going to do that. They're going to play both sides of the fence. And as parents, we just have to make sure that we monitor that. Um, and, you know, let them have their fun, but also make sure that they're not being disrespectful or anything like that. And um, just make sure that we raise them right. All right. Uh, and Nicole, let's go back to your book for a minute. What did you want to write that chapter, add that chapter into um, this book? So after writing about all of the stuff and all the journey that I went through from, you know, my finances to I even talk about dating and all this stuff after walking through all of that. And this, I said, wait a minute, I'm missing one vital piece of this book. I got to talk about co-parenting. I have to address what we call the elephant in the room. And I remember calling Chris over and reading it to him. I didn't even want him to read it himself. I let him sit and I read the chapter to him. And I'm, I'm sure he recalls that because I wanted him to first agree um, with what I was saying, but then also put the stamp on the fact that out of this book, I don't just want to talk about being a single parent, but I want to open the door for us to talk about co-parenting as well. And if God's will, take the show on the road, right? You know, help some other people. We can even, who knows, we may be in a position to help another set of co-parents that are trying to work it out, work through the kinks. We've been doing it for 13 years. We've worked through some kinks. And I thought, I got to... I can't leave that out. It's one of the most important parts of my everyday life as a parent. Uh, yeah, let's just back it up just a little bit. Um, Chris, you say you're remarried. So my, my question would be for the both of you. How has the um, new addition to the family, uh, the parenting dynamic affected the boys so far in terms of your new wife? And Nicole, how, how was that? Being, um, how was that affected 
situation in this co-parenting relationship that you guys have with? Well, so I'll start. But I, I think as far as um, the relationship with the boys, um, before I got married, I've, I've dated uh, quite a few. But um, I never let any of them um, be over or, or lose the relationship that I have with my children. Uh, I always made sure that my children during that particular time came first um, because as a single person, my, my first obligation now is to my children. And I never wanted them to feel slighted in any way. And even now in, in my marriage now, um, I, I often, that, that's, that's something that I'm challenged with, right? Um, I always want to make sure that my kids are not slighted in any way possible. And that may be just an internal thing. Um, but as a parent, you want to make sure that you provide the same thing uh, just as you would if you have any other kids. You want to make sure that your kids are well taken care of because they didn't ask to, ask to be in this situation. Yeah. And I don't want them to feel any slighted way. So I make sure I go above and beyond. I do things for them if they ask for things. That's my coping mechanism and make sure I take care of it for them. Um, I'm there for them. I try to support them as much as possible. Um, yeah. And, and my and my wife now, she's very supportive of that. I, I've made set those boundaries in the beginning. Um, Nicole is my um, my children's mother. She would always be my friend. And um, I respect her and I respect my children and I want to make sure that they're well taken care of. I don't care if Nicole calls me three o'clock in the morning. Um, I want to make sure that everything is right. And I know if she called me at three o'clock in the morning, then something must be going on. So I need to address that situation. And I needed my wife now to be secure, to know that um, nothing is going on, nothing is, you know, being done that's ill will, but we all have the um, the reassurance to make sure that we're all focusing on making sure that these kids become successful, that they're raised right, that they're taught right, and things of that nature. Now, my my wife now also has um, uh, two sons around the same age as Joshua and Jeremiah, and she's in the same situation that I'm in with Nicole. And so I, I think in this whole dynamic, we've all just learned um, in this situation, how to co-parent each other. And it's been a blessing. I will say uh, her and Nicole, um, I didn't leave Nicole to be with her. This was someone totally um, out of left field after years of me being separated from Nicole or divorced, I should say. And um, so, Nicole and her have become friends and um, she has helped me uh, raise Joshua and Jeremiah from a from a, another woman's perspective when the boys are with me instead of me just being dad and not giving that that um, that motherly instinct that they needed. And so it's been a blessing to me um, and just being up front and being able to talk about things and being open um, that has helped me to be successful in this situation. And from your perspective, Nicole? Yeah, from my perspective, like um, like Chris said, for me, I had to I had to learn to detach. Um, like I said earlier, detach the personal thing from it, and I I trusted God to heal me. 
And there is a point in your life where you heal and you say, it's okay. And when I got to that, it's okay point, that was really a, 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 a huge dose of freedom for me. Um, like we said, we co-parent, even his wife is an extension. I'm an extension for her children. It's not uncommon to see me with four boys. Um, you know, they, they call me auntie, you know, we, we, I don't know how I became an aunt when Chris got married, but somehow God created that space for me. And, um, I look at them through the lens of, I don't know who these young men are going to grow up to be. And I want them to remember me and I want them to see the God in me and they will always see Chris, me, their mom. We all look out for each other. Um, she, I believe that she knows my heart and my intentions. I know her heart and intentions towards me. One thing I'm very clear about, I don't meddle in, in other, in, in people as, as folks say, my mom would say in people's business, don't be yeah. meddling in people's business. I, I live a very focused life. Um, and when I need to be there, a very focused life on my end, not focusing it on Chris's end and his family. And when I need when I need them, they're always there for me. And I think the boys, our biggest fear, Chris and I both sat down and said, we want our sons to be emotionally healthy. We want them to look back at this time of their life and not be a sad story for them. And the more we spend time being aware of that with them, the more we create space for them to be emotionally healthy. The fact that we're in here doing a podcast right now and Chris is downstairs and I'm here and they hear both of us talking, that's emotionally healthy. We're addressing it and we're not only just addressing it, now we're trying to help other people and you can't get any better than that. And so I have some ways that I create boundaries and space for myself um, and, and we just really try to do the best we can across the spectrum. Um, not, it's not perfect all the time and I'm human, right? I'm human. Like I'm really human. Like if I pinch myself, it does hurt. I am human and I do have, um, my concerns, but it's, it's, it's working. It's working. We're working, I, I, I will say this. We're working it, I should say. Yeah. And, and I will say this from what I've saw of divorce couples is it, it's always drama. And, um, you know, the, the, the children are totally separated, but what I've saw growing up with Nicole, um, she has an uncle and an aunt and even her stepdad, they have always played such a huge role in our lives as, as me, me and Nicole got married real young. They played a, a huge role in our lives. They, they've been there for her growing up. And I saw that and they weren't together, but the love that they had to make sure that all of the kids, even Nicole and I at a young age, making sure that we were good. They will always come to the events, cookouts with different things of that nature. I learned just from watching them. And I said, I wanna make sure that regardless of whatever happened with us, and that's the same relationship that I try to focus on to make sure that we're there for our children as well. So, so here's, here's a million dollar question. Four boys, three parents. Do they get two Christmases, two holidays? How does that part work? How do you guys they walk do. the schedule in with these guys? 
they do end up getting double because they get it at home right with me right christmas mommy's got the tree loaded one of the traditions we have is chris will typically be there christmas morning he comes christmas morning um they open their gifts with him and i'm i'm grateful that he has a wife that really allows us to do those traditions um, because truthfully, some, you know, some relationships will not allow for that, but thankfully he does. But yeah, they get Christmas with me, Christmas with dad, Christmas from stepmom and everybody else. And her kids, the same thing. They get Christmas over there. They come to my house, they get something and we just all, so they do, they, they get quite a bit of attention at that point. So, yeah. so what, are, what, what is one of the biggest lessons the both of you have learned um, so far during this co-parenting um, journey that you're on together? Biggest lesson. At, at um, so far, in the so 13 far. years so far that you guys so have far. learned, that you can I, also take and give encouragement to one of our listeners. You know, in my book, I talk about co-parenting, that it's not just a mother and father. That co-parenting is any, the, the, the description I read in the beginning, it's any set of adults, two or more, that are focused in on a child socially, mentally, etc. And so co-parenting is not just me and Chris, but co-parenting is his wife, co-parenting is grandma, my father who lived, who who retired early just to support me and walk with me for seven, eight years, in-house babysitter, grandpa daycare, that's co-parenting. And so the biggest lesson I learned was to allow it to happen in my life, that to allow Chris to be who he needed to be, to allow my father to be who he needs to be, to allow a friend who needed to be who they were. And, allow, and most of all, allow God to be who I needed God to be in my life. Because truly, it's been faith, not fiction. Um, it's been real. There's been some nights. There's been some days. Um, we've walked through health. So you, as you know, I had two premature babies. And Chris had to walk through that with me as well. Um, nothing was picture perfect. But in the end, and we're not at the end yet, but in all in all, it's been God perfect. Because God says that I will take the things in your life that don't seem so good and I'll turn it around for your good. And so I've learned to allow my life to be turned around for the good. That's my lesson. Chris, you got to top that now. Come on, that was easy. I can't, I can't top that. I, I, I listen. I already give an offer. I can't top that. I can't top Offers that. Offers are accepted. You can leave money down there on the table. I will take it. Yeah, I, I think one of the biggest lessons, Theo uh, and Nicole, is to just really, with the anyone that's listening, uh, be open, be honest, um, put everything out on the table, and never never forget your loved ones be there for them and just support them and i think if you do that in the midst of keeping god in the middle of everything and i keep going back to that that's key uh, i think you will be i think you will be all right now i will say this it, it hasn't been peaches, peaches and cream 
this entire 13 years. I remember a time, Theo. Uh-oh. Uh, yeah, yeah, I've got to say it. <laughs> I remember a time that, you know, one Christmas, I wanted to come over and see the boys. It was one Sunday morning. I think Christmas came on a Sunday. And I was banging on the door. And I could see them in the midst of the living room. And she wouldn't open the door. And for me, as a man, that crushed me. Because that was something that we all we've always done, and to not be there with my children on Christmas Day, um, that 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 really hurt me. And so, um, you know, during during stages like that, um, and I was a stubborn person as well. Um, you know, you did something to me. I felt like I had to come back, and you know, I'm a, I'm a soldier. I had to renege and do something else. Yeah. Right, but 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 in the midst, like I said, it, it hasn't always been cookies and cream, but throughout that entire process, we have learned over the course of the years that, all right, you can either be at each other's throat or that you can either be focused on the family, like the radio station we used to have, and focus on making sure that these kids are well-enabled, um, they're good in school, they're good in their health, um, and I have to commend Nikki on that because she has been there. She hasn't dropped a beat with our sons. And, you know, as a man, as men, you know, our main job is to go out and provide. So while she was always there, I was out looking for work and making sure that I'm working, trying to maintain and, you know, because it, it wasn't easy. Now, you know, you come from a household of two to one and you got two children on the way. So my only mentality is make sure that I can be able to provide for these for these kids. And so I'm constantly working and Nicole is working and and she hasn't dropped the beat. And I have to commend her on that because she was with the children um, throughout our whole process, the good and the bad. And um, it's, she's been a, a, a good person, a good friend and a good mother. And um, I'm just grateful that God allowed us to be good stewards over our children. Okay, so before we wrap it up, we, we, we just can't glass over that Christmas. Nikki, what were your feelings in that moment, Nikki? If you were like, yeah. Yeah. I'd like to know that, Tia. I had to go to the church and get delivered because I was hot that day. We, we, we can't glass over that moment. I know. You know what? I am so sweet. I am sweet 99.5 of the time. But that's let's, let's, let's start with a 0.5%. Yes. <laughs> that 0.5. But what had happened was the day or two before, Chris was supposed to pick him up from daycare. This is when they were like three years old. He was supposed to pick him up from daycare and he reneged on me and messed up all my little plans. I had a little plan going and he tore the plan apart, right? Cause Chris was good for that. He could, don't tell him you had somewhere to be on the weekend. He knew how to tear up a weekend plan in a minute, right? So now I've learned, I don't tell him, I just drop the kids off. Then I tell him when I get to the destination, that's how I do it now. But I was so upset with him for not getting the kids that day before that when Christmas day came, it was my way of the door was shut. I was angry and it was, it was a tit for tat. And, and um, I don't think it ever happened again. I think from there we got it right, but boy, wasn't a nice couple weeks after that. Oh my God. So we got through it. Deeper to that one. <laughs> but that's, that's the whole segment right there. As, as we wrap things up though, Chris, you speak to the single dad. 
And Nico, do you go ahead and speak to the Sigma mom over there? You, you want to start, Nicole? Go ahead. Yeah. So, so single dad, um, I, I know you're faced with that situation that you're in, and it's not easy. Um, I had many nights that I cried. I felt ashamed. Uh, many a nights that um, I almost lost my mind at times because I didn't know uh, what was going to evolve out of all of this. Um, and you might be dealing with that same situation. Um, but one of the things that kept me going was um, prayer, um, reading God's word, and the love of my children. And if you can just get through that and just focus on the love and seeing the smiles of your children's face, that's one of the things that kept me going in the midst of everything that I was going through. And I felt like I was walking through hell at times, but I knew that on the other end of the other side, Joshua and Jeremiah were staring at me and they were smiling. And that kept me going each and every day. I felt like giving up, but I didn't because of them. And um, I say to you, if you keep God first, you keep praying and just have an open communication. It may not be easy in the beginning, but trust me, God will make that thing easy for you. He'll make it a, a way possible for you to be able to sit down and have a true communication with your with your spouse, with your significant other or whomever. And you guys can work things out and um, you'll have a lasting relationship moving forward. All right. And single mom, I know it's not easy every day. I know that you're tired sometimes. I know that. No, a lot of times I know that you are walking this journey and what i will say is open your heart to the enterprise that god has strategically sent help your way and whether it's the children's father or some single parent out there is a widow and there is no father to tap into there's someone that had a child by adoption and there is no parent to tap into but I pray that you will open your heart to the enterprise of co-parenting and that God will send help for you in good help, safe help, and help that lets you continue the journey. So I say, hold on, hold on. Um, Chris and I have walked this path and we hope that we will help somebody to walk it as well and that's our desire out of all of this well thank you guys very much for being on today and i know it wasn't an easy thing for you guys to talk about dig up the past that much but i appreciate your time thank you so much we've come to the end of another great show thank you chris you are great thank you god thank you nicole you're a wonderful woman of god and to all our listeners out there don't forget to pick up nikki's book it's my greatest blessings memoirs of a single mom thank you for listening and we'll see you on the next show send your emails to mrfreetalkradio at gmail.com it's m i s t e r freetalkradio at gmail.com new podcasts are available for download on wednesdays don't forget to subscribe thank you for joining us on mr free talk radio podcast we hope you enjoyed the show. For more content, be sure to follow us on Apple Podcast, Google Podcast, and anywhere podcasts are available. 
To stay updated on the latest content release, follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. Soon we'll be coming to a YouTube channel near you. If it is real talk, it's on the Free Talk Radio podcast. We hope to see you soon.